Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and, uh, well, we're trying a new recording app and, uh, well, already it seems to be a great improvement on the last one. We are, we are on the beach and so <laughs> there's still wind, rain, hail and shine and cold. It's, uh, actual temperature is 10 degrees C, but, well, I got this feeling that it might be wind chill of minus four. It's bloody cold. Hey, what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity we have to chat today about something that I find so fascinating. So, sleep. So, as you know, I'm a devotee of the Aura Ring and everything that it provides. And in addition to the Aura Ring, uh, I measure my sleep by how long, how I sleep. And last night I didn't sleep very well. And I looked back on the day before and I thought, what did, what did I do yesterday? I can hear the wind in the microphone, so please, uh, uh, please accept my apologies. What did I do yesterday that was so different? Well, I had a steak for lunch. Uh, that shouldn't make a big difference. I did a massive power session on the uh, turbo, which may or may not have made a difference given that I felt dizzy afterwards but the one thing that I realized throughout the course of the day is that I um, I didn't drink enough water so I take a few multivitamin pills and I'm going to get into that another day but I take a few specific ones uh, NAC is a, is a product and I'm going to talk about a book uh, that I recommend everybody reads about longevity and uh, well-being and it's pretty much in line with everything we talk about on this podcast uh, but it's got good stories and, and scientific background which I don't always have <laughs> uh, but I have experiential background so uh, anyway so the long and the short of it is I didn't sleep as well as I should have and I ended up watching the Tour de France. No alcohol, uh, nothing much before bed. Uh, so ultimately I fell asleep at eight o'clock at night, uh, woke up at nine, wide awake and raring to go. So I looked back on the day and I thought, what happened yesterday that caused this? And I got the answer. Yes, I didn't drink enough water after a heavy turbo session and drink water uh, on these cold days uh, these days in lockdown it's it's a job uh, and it's not cups of tea and it's not anything so that's that's number one and uh, but the thing that happened yesterday is I wasn't fully productive I only had a couple of coaching sessions and in between I worked on uh, a few things that were important, but I didn't get them finished. And so it's not that I didn't get them finished that's important. The, the fact is that I stayed open. So I stayed switched on because I walked, I remember walking away from the computer uh, incomplete. So I didn't get to a point where I could say, wow, I got to a good point today. I got to a Amazing, I went, I said to myself as I left the computer, man, 
I didn't get what I wanted to get done done. And I honestly think that was the cause of my wakeness. I was incomplete. I didn't close. I didn't say, look back and remunerate myself, reward myself for what I'd achieved today. And that left me restless, internally, uh, subconsciously, uh, deeply restless. And that restlessness permeated my uh, evening. I uh, had a very light dinner, rice cakes and a bit of uh, jam on top and a cup of tea. That was my dinner. I had no alcohol. I, I, on the surface of it, it would look for all intents and purposes that I was completely rested. But in my subconscious brain, in my inner self, in my heart, I was not. I still, right now, don't feel happy with what I did yesterday. Uh, although, I've got to confess, if I did a discard and went back over it, this morning, when I get back from this walk and my frozen toes thaw out, I might actually see that what I did yesterday was quite uh, creative. So sometimes productivity can't be measured in uh, volume, in quantity. Sometimes it has to be measured in quality. And I know what I did yesterday was quite... It needed me to relax. It needed me to just meander in a sense through a series of deliverable concepts building up a story to create uh, your loom video in the next 48 hours and I could rush it but what, what I was trying to do in the process was innovate and when you're using that part of your mind that innovates or create solutions that you haven't thought of before or approaches something fresh you have to be careful two things one getting infatuated with the future so it's very easy when I'm sitting down to draw a loom video or think about what I'm going to say on a podcast it's very easy to get infatuated with how good it is and in the process not do due diligence on uh, communication or storytelling or do due diligence on communication or thinking it through or exploring it or even testing it. Test, not testing necessarily the communication but testing the modelling and making sure that it stands back into the laws of nature, into the principles on which I build, a, build my work and your work. So yesterday I was forced, whether I liked it or not, into that state where it doesn't feel productive. It feels creative. It's like, a, I'm sure it must be like I'm not a painter <coughs> or a composer of music, but sometimes it must be very threatening to be a painter <coughs> or a composer of music and just sit there testing the brush and testing the colour and contemplating whether that's and standing back from the painting and then moving forward and rubbing it out at the end of the day I guess it can sometimes feel like you're back where you started even though you've done an amazing piece of 
exploration which is essential for good art. Life is art and I think that's the point I wanted to make today is just be careful all you high-flying, high-paid corporate execs that I work with and I love and admire so much for the work you do, just be careful that you, that you also include art in your work. Art is when you sit with somebody that you work with and you have to negotiate performance reviews or discuss with them whether they've won or lost or whether they're doing a good job or a bad job. Just be careful that you don't get mechanistic and start being all uh, all um, hard. There's a, a really important component of being a leader, being a human, being a parent, a father or mother, being a partner, that involves this middle no time stillness. And I realized this morning that what kept me awake last night was uh, my failure to incorporate that stillness in productivity. That the period that I'd spent yesterday uh, just allowing myself to sit and work through slides and work through thoughts and work through things which was not jamming the keyboard not typing not running around I had a cup of tea in my hand I turned off my notifications on my phone and my computer and I just sat there and worked through it the other part about this that's really important about art at work is uh, interruptions. So, as I said, I turned off my notifications on my computer and my phone, but they were still on on the iPad. And Lotte, who's my partner was away, is away up in Cairns doing training. Something happened. Uh, she probably needed to take time off from training and do her art, which is recovery. But she was restless, so she started texting me all about her Olympic uh, qualifications and uh, getting the government of Australia to give her permission to leave the country which is a big job and requires a massive amount of paperwork and she was pinging me and in the process of doing that I entered into about an hour of no zone. Now no zone is neither art nor productive. It's neither effective or efficient. It's disrupted, interrupted. And there's a value to it because maybe I just needed a little bit of a break from the, what I was doing. But the unfortunate part about the no-go zone, uh, the no zone, is that I'm neither effective or efficient. It's neither art nor, nor production. It's a hybrid space in which uh, probably 
the art is corrupt because there's no depth of thought in, and there's no immersion because art means you immerse yourself. You find most artists won't paint uh, in an environment where people are stalking them or walking through. The kids are coming in and out of their space. My, uh, uh, my nephew's wife is a very, very famous uh, global artist and I've stayed at their house in Launceston and, and their kids and him are banned from her uh, uh, art studio when she's working. And she defines her work is what I call switched off. The artwork I do, like yesterday, she defines that as her production and she defines the office as where what I would call productivity. She defines that as, as art, which means her no-go zone, her play zone. And the kids are allowed in her office and uh, she has staff and all sorts of things in her office. And she doesn't pretend that she's creative in that environment. She's just building her business, selling her art, delivering product, uh, getting the next installation ready. And so there is, a, a, for her, the opposite paradigm to me. Um, her studio is a, is a, is a sanctuary, uh, uh, an oasis and a most magnificent place that is truly inspired. I, I had a, a, a long relation with a lady in, uh, in uh, New Mexico when I lived in Santa Fe. Um, she was the angel lady, people, um, Sylvia Stiebolt, I think her name was, you can Google her but she paints angels and uh, <clears throat> it's through her I met Bruce Willis and all the rest of the uh, movie stars who love Santa Fe, New Mexico and I stayed at her home for quite a period of time until things got uncomfortable and uh, her studio was separate to her house and in that studio was built out of wood that she'd um, got from Mexico which is not far from New Mexico uh, south and she transported a temple uh, a church up and it was eight or nine hundred year old uh, uh, beams of wood and she'd filled this studio full of these uh, antique uh, pretty much worthless in some sense uh, uh, chunks of wood and made them part of the infrastructure and when you walked in it was almost like you got hit or uh, 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 absorbed into the environment like a like a like a fun ride at Luna Park or at uh, Disneyland. It drew you in. And it was in this space that Sylvia would have a couple of glasses of uh, white wine and stand with brush in hand and she would eventually draw what she saw at a, 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 in her third eye, in, her, in the invisible world of her art. And in this space, uh, uh, there was there was no negotiation. There was no debate. There was no conversation as such. Uh, there was. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure she enjoyed the uh, her, her sexuality in that place. I'm pretty sure she wasn't uh, always um, thinking paintings. But the fact of the matter is, she produced some of the world's greatest greatest art. Of, uh, and paintings of angels. I eventually introduced her, uh, Sylvia Steibolt, to a mate of mine here in Australia called Peter Crisp, who's one of the greatest uh, art, um, glass art creators, uh, who has done 
dinner sets for Whitney Houston and all sorts of people when they were alive. And he used to put gold inlay into plates and then fly them for a single dinner party, in some of it which he took in his hand luggage, first class, to deliver them to a dinner party and, uh, and fly back again. Peter Crisp uh, has a studio um, just still, it's still there. Every time I drive to Melbourne, I go past it. Uh, it's uh, on the way. It's just, uh, I think, between Canberra and Yass on the on the highway to Melbourne. But the Crisp Galleries, and he also has a lavender plantation. But in in Crispy's place, where the ovens and all the uh, productivity uh, was done, there was a sort of a an agreement that wasn't written on paper, but there was an agreement to be law-abiding citizens. In other words, you were humble to the space, humble to the thing. And that's where, when you meet great art and great artists, they have, they have a respect for the emptiness, have a respect for the temple. And yet, here we are, we're business people, we're running families, we have no temple. We have a church on Sunday, but that church is just so hammered full of right and wrong that there is potentially not a lot of space for that that beautiful artistic emptiness that I'm talking about not recognizing uh, as productive yesterday in my day. So this productive emptiness needs a doodle pad. You need to be able to, uh, if you spend a whole time in emptiness just contemplating and people often call that um, meditation or, or something of the sort uh, you end up I guess you end up with an achievement you end up with a concept in your brain and your mind but I think a doodle pad allows you to remember if you if you get things from the universe and don't act on them the universe withdraws them there is nothing sure on earth than what you don't appreciate you lose and the universe is one of those, uh, or nature if you want to call it that, is one of those uh, um, gifters that if it gives you an inspiration and you don't act on it, or at least write it down to act on it in, in your own time when, you, uh, when your fears and your worries and your responsibilities are dealt with, then it withdraws them. And so a lot of people who are depressed and running hard against the concrete or doing it tough, it's because they just shut down to the universe. They got inspiration, they got uh, opportunity, they got gifted, they got ideas, they got thoughts, but they called it meditation and they let that thought drift into the never-never and never went back to it. It's like someone, and I know this firsthand, uh, when I uh, wrote my first book, Inner Wealth, it wasn't really my first book, I'd written many books before it and self-published them but this was my first book under contract and I had a contract with Wiley to produce this book and uh, they had given me an advance of a few thousand dollars to pay for uh, um, an editor to work with me on the book and look I've, I've got to say the inner wealth that is now available on the market um, which is I still think one of the best books for self-help and self um, leadership ever written and if you haven't read the book and you're doing the coaching you would really deserve to be stamped on on your feet because it is really uh, the anchor point for all business self-leadership 
and I still think it's the best book on this topic ever written. Now, that doesn't mean to say it's a good book. What it means to say is the content is fan-bloody-tastic and it covers the breadth and spread of all things I'll ever talk to you about in, in the entirety of my life. However, the storytelling and the mythology and the way I've presented it in the book is dry, dried out. And the reason that happened is because of exactly what we're talking about here. When I wrote Inner Wealth the first time, I wrote it by hand. I never trusted a computer back in those days. So I wrote this really long and my handwriting shit, but I struggled and I worked and I emulated people's handwriting and I used particular pens that I loved. And I forced myself into a state of um, inspiration where I, and I did a lot of it on the road when I was uh, working with you know, keynote speaking. So I was inspired by reality. But to write the book, I withdrew always into the mountains of Nepal or I'd withdraw into my hotel room or withdraw into a park or I'd withdraw. And I'd make sure no one was around me when I withdrew. I had a partner at the time um, and uh, she would be with me while I wrote, but she would know that her, it was her opportunity to enter the temple. And my temple was nature. So unlike Sylvia, who had a building that she built uh, with the walls that are magnificent, or unlike uh, my uh, um, nephew's wife in Tasmania at Launceston um, Para Studio, unlike her uh, with her studio where she needs to enclose herself so the dust doesn't get on her work and, and her magnificent things. Unlike these people, my studio was nature because <clears throat> that's where I believed I was communicating and open to reception uh, and, 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 and transmission of the message of the universe. And so I came to believe that prayer is thanking the universe and so I encouraged my clients always since that uh, beginning of my coaching is to say thank you at night to the universe and I do that through a series of things like Total Recall or the Madonna Price that's saying thank you and meditation prayer is thank you meditation is reception so I believe the in meditation in the form of meditation that I do it's art and I believe yesterday I was meditating, although I wasn't sitting with my eyes shut or trying to uh, commune with God or angels or art or anything. What I was doing was standing in, sitting and standing in front of my uh, iMac, my beautiful 27-inch broad screen, high display, retina-driven technology to the nth degree iMac with an iPad and my um, eye pencil and my eye nose and my iPhone. I was sitting in front of all these technology-driven things in a really deep state of meditation, working through something at a pace where I was in communica in communicating with nature. I was allowing the energy of the, of the, of the world. And now we're in lockdown. I had my front doors of my balcony wide open, it was freezing cold, I had a heater on at my feet. So this is like a weird studio, isn't it? Because in the rain I can't go out with my iMac. But I needed to be receiving, but not just receiving and filling myself up like it's I'm an empty vessel. I'm already full of inspiration. What I needed to do is transmit. 
Nothing comes from us, it only comes through us. And that's why a notepad uh, and time when, you're, when you go out and go, okay, I'm running a business. What are my thoughts about the, the, the development of this business and the work with a client? And you sit there with a good question in your mind and a notepad and you calm the hell down. And then you call that in your day, very, very productive time. And that's where I get back to the start of this uh, today's podcast, where I get back to say, I didn't sleep well last night and I woke up in shock this morning uh, from not sleeping well last night. From, not from diet, not from over-exercise, not from water shortages, not from things that are uh, low-hanging fruit and very uh, measurable on my uh, aura ring. I woke up from a state of mind that said I had not been productive and I'd not achieved and I therefore had not been thankful for the day that had gone past. And that deep psychology of accepting that there is a period in every day that, that we need to uh, commune with nature and or the universe and it's not just commun- going for a walk like I'm on the beach and I'm communing with nature but it's consciously transmitting messages so you 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 need to have a pen and paper or you need to have a computer or you need to have some notepads or you need to have an art uh, 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 um, a canvas you need to have like Cynthia you need to have like para studio you need to have uh, uh, as a writer you need to have a, a, a way of note down noting down the, the reception Remember, the more thankful you are, and this is how it works in Egyptology and metaphysics, the more thankful you are, the higher you reach into the realms above you, outside of your body, to commune. And so the supreme thankfulness is to be thankful for everything on earth. And then you are communing with the creator of all the earth that achievement would blow your body out of this planet. So in other words, you'd die. If you finally one day said, I I love rape, pillage, plunder, I love murder, discomfort, I love incest. If you got to that crazy state of uh, inspiration where everything became divine, uh, your body would no longer be necessary. You would have achieved your, your outcomes on this planet. Until then, Uh, we can keep reaching with gratitude higher and higher states of reception. But if we don't value the time we put in, and as I said, prayer is thank you, so that's reaching up um, in gratitude, and meditation is reception. If we don't transmit that meditation into some form of uh, acknowledgement and action, if we don't act on it, if we don't appreciate it, if we don't value it, if we don't do something with it, the universe withdraws it and a lot of people that you'll meet who are up in their head thinking 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 have blocked their prayer and blocked their reception and that's exactly what I did yesterday accidentally although I did it I just didn't appreciate it and that kept me awake for a night all right this is Chris you have a beautiful day (laughs) bye for now